We Watch This is brought to you by BYK Podcast Network, where you can listen to different podcasts like The Social Introvert with Sid Davis, or you can listen to anything Carefree Black Nerd, or you can always listen to Sex with Friends with Wit Janae. Coming up, you talk more shit than a little bit. Back to Mother Africa. That's bullshit. Without any question, we are all black Americans. You don't know a goddamn thing about Africa. I'm from Detroit, Motown. So you can watch to see your monkey ass back to Africa all you want. This week, we're doing school days. In 1883, Tiny Mission College hosted its first homecoming weekend. It was distinguished by innocence, revelry, and good fellowship. Now, a century later, Mission prepares to welcome another homecoming. Wake up! I don't even know how you got this far. You're weak. I'm cooking the cocoa puffs. I ain't pledging no virgin. Look at my face. Always been attracted to you. Well, I'm not attracted to you. Just give me one reason why not. You're so small, I'd probably break you into school days. The best days of your life. Beginning the season off with a very good one. This season is celebrating the great works of art from Spike Lee and John Singleton. We are celebrating these two great black directors. And I couldn't do this without the wonderful, great co-host of mine by the name of Rain Coleman. Rain, we are back for season three. Are you excited? Hell yeah, man! They green third times a charm. They green lit us another season after after that terrible black love. (laughs) We just dogged we dogged out every black love we ever. Exactly. Like what the fuck is this shit? You niggas, you got one more chance now. But yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hopefully, this will be a little bit better. So we're gonna switch up. What we've usually done every season, uh, I'm actually going to give you guys a little bit of a breakdown. Um, I'm going to give you guys when it released. I'm going to give you guys the director, and I'm going to give you the synopsis of the movie that we're talking about. 
Um, the movie was released in February on February 12, 1988. It was directed, produced, and written by Spike Lee. Now, here is the breakdown. Here's the story. In the south of the United States, confrontations between two groups of students who have different ideas and are not able to accept the one the one of the other opponents. That's mm. I found that on I think IMDb. Mm. And I think, yeah, I know. This is this is a terrible explanation of the movie. Yeah. But <laughs> a breakdown, something that I learned um doing the research, and that's a lot of stuff, and it's some stuff that I may miss. Um, this is Spike Lee's Morehouse experience. Full experience in a black college wrapped in one weekend. Rain. What's up? Man? How do you feel? So you went to HBCU, correct? Yeah, I did for a time. I was at Clark mm. on the same campus as this movie. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel so far? Tell me your thoughts about this movie and what 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 did it help you with? What did it hurt hurt? What was your experience like? No, I I loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, when I was young, watching this movie, a lot of my older cousins who were high school, college age were going off to HBCUs, and even the ones who stayed in town, the college life experience was very similar. Uh, and I mean, when I say stay in town, I mean even the community college was like very similar. Um, at the very least, on the outside looking in, and this was one of the movies that prompted me to even want to go to Clark. Because initially I wanted to go to Morehouse myself, and uh, my cousin was like, yeah, this is a shot near that campus by whatever. I'm like, oh, well, this shit look fun. Mm. Um, that progressed to other reasons, you know, as I grew up. But this is a movie that has always had a special place in my heart because, one, I love musicals. Like, yes, but I love black musicals. Mm. And even if you do not like musicals and even if you don't like the music in this one, I think there's no denying that this is very different from, like, West Side Story. Or the Nutcracker. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very different feel. And I think it lends itself to some things that I'm going to mention later on. Mm-hmm. Um, the more surrealism of the black college experience. And I right. loved that. I loved it. Right. Yeah. I think for me, man, it's so cool because, um, well, one, I went to a PWC. So there's that. Uh, I wanted to, there was there was a couple colleges that I wanted to go. Ultimately, I did want to go to USC, but um, I also wanted to do a HBCU. And, um, you know, one of the things that I talk about, I've talked about in previous podcasts or another podcast is that um, my parents or my mom specifically did not want me to go to a HBCU because she mm-hmm. felt like I wouldn't get the same respect in the corporate world by having a degree from there than I would from you know, somewhere else. You get what I'm saying from mm-hmm. PWC. So it, it was a mm-hmm. situation to where, like, seeing this on top of a different world, because I didn't see this until, like, wow, later, right, way later on in life when I first seen it. And I and I went to this movie because of a different world, because the different world was so, mm-hmm. such a cool show to me. And I mm-hmm. seen, was it a trailer? or a, I seen, like, a, I seen something, like a clip. I think it was something mm-hmm. about Jasmine Guy, and I think they were talking about Jasmine Guy. She was doing something, and they talked about her being in school days. Well, you know, I think Jasmine Guy is a very attractive woman, so of course I'm like, oh, I want to see school is. days. Mm-hmm. So in my ignorance, <laughs> I'm looking at this movie as, oh, they stole this from different world. Like they stole this from a different world, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so because yeah. you know the, and I have a when we get into. When we start getting into talking about the movie, there's some things that I found out that Spike Lee um, talked about in an interview. But 
this on top of a different world made me want to be a part of a HBCU. And it's funny mm-hmm. because there is a speech um, that's made in the movie talking about why blacks don't support HBCUs and how other mm-hmm. minorities like the Jews or the uh, the Catholics and all that support their schools. And I thought that was mm-hmm. very relevant in the uh, in the movie and it was at the time kind of to this day now it's it's kind of true we we're getting better here in the last five years but i love this and i i just i just turned this movie back on and i watched it a couple times and i just i I hadn't seen it in a while and i forgot how Mm -hmm. great this movie is um Mm -hmm. and one thing that that i think a lot of black people can talk can say to this movie is it made them want to go to HBCU, and even if they didn't get that opportunity, it really made a lot of black people like me and you want to go to college at least. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I know that it, that was how it was for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Shit, wow. That's a very good, <laughs> good little gateway drug to college in this movie. So, yeah, you're damn right. So something that a lot of people don't really know, and uh, I wanted to bring this up, and I wanted to get your opinion about it. So it was it was, in an interview it was told that Spike Lee was actually kicked off of several campuses like Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, uh, during the filming of the college, uh, during the filming of the movie because colleges, college board of directors, they were concerned how the black colleges were going to be portrayed. So mm. what it was is a lot of these people didn't even see the finished project; they just seen certain things or heard what he was going to do with the movie he had to finish his filming at morris brown college which i think was you know Mm -hmm. you know shout out to morris brown there was something uh, specific that that spike lee has brought up in some of his interviews he said the president of morehouse said the man who he had casted as uh the president of the university looked too much like a sambo and that's why he did not want them to go forward right. with this with this movie. Spike Lee said in, in rebuttal in the interview, he said, that's when I knew I was doing something right. Uh, he yeah. felt like, you know, him getting kicked off of these campuses was making him feel like, yo, like, <laughs> I, maybe I'm not doing the right thing or maybe they're right. And and when he got that from that um, from that president, the president of Morehouse, uh, it was something else. What do you think about that? Like, how do you feel about a lot of these uh, HBCUs kicking Spike off because of of the movie. Respectability politics, that's what it is. That's what it is. Wow. Like, you you can't have the, the um, good without the bad. When it comes to black people in a certain tax bracket, historically, it has been those Jack and Jills, that respectability politics, that, you know, be as light as you possibly can. And even mm-hmm. if you're dark-skinned, be as well-versed and work twice as hard to be seen as half as good. A lot of these things that we've gotten over the years make sense. In 88, to say that a black man, because the president was just a heavy set older black man but for you at that time to be like oh he looks like a sambo it's like well what nigga what and it's it's that feels in line with what a lot of older black people and especially black people of a certain pedigree i'll say who've gotten these degrees or in these uh positions where they have this status mm-hmm. that's how they think just look at a homegirl from twitter i don't know how long ago it was but who was an hr person and was like so proud that she undercut another black woman yeah who was trying to get a job like you have people like this this ain't nothing new but hearing that that is not surprising at all 
even the idea of like, oh, I don't know what this, this is going to make HBCUs look like. It's like, well, what is actually happening that you're experiencing that you're afraid is going to be uh, come, uh, put to light? Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing to say, oh, he has some a group fighting in, you know, Spellman's front yard, and I don't like that. Yeah, but you can't possibly think that a two-hour movie is going to be fighting from start to finish. Have you never right. seen a movie? Right. Do you not have faith in a Morris in a um, Morehouse graduate? Like, do you not like what? You know, so it's like that's unfortunate. But I'm I honestly kind of happy it happened because you not only get this um, HBCU Black College experience, but to even have it move to Morris Brown which is on the same campus, mm-hmm. one of the same area as the AUC, but it's it's like across the street. It's not centralized. So where you could see Clark Spellman and Morehouse in these buildings or whatnot, you having it also shot at Morris Brown, however terrible the uh, circumstances, I think is actually a blessing in disguise because now you get even if you don't, as a viewer, explicitly recognize this as Morris Brown, mm-hmm. the essence of all of those HBCUs and probably the the theological university as well mm-hmm. um, are in that in that film. So you know, blessing in disguise. Yeah, I think that first of all, that's fucked up that the president of Morehouse College called the dude who was casted. He looked like a sambo. Like, I mean, wait a minute, you know what I'm saying? Can we? Can we? Mm-hmm. Where we? Where, what are we doing with this? I, I, and then this is the first time I think a lot of us, especially in modern cinema, actually was able to see black a, a, a cast of so many diverse black people and get to see what somewhat what um, college what HBCU life is like. And mm-hmm. for some for for people to not back and this is early in Spike Lee. I think this is like probably his second maybe. I think this is like his second movie, big time movie that he he put out. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. for people to kind of do Spike Lee like this and you know he wrote this he wrote this um this he wrote the 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 screenplay the script in college it was supposed to be called mm-hmm. uh, it's homecoming and mm-hmm. um you know it ended up transforming in the school days but it, it just kind of it hurts my feelings to hear that in it and he just but it motivated him as well and I thought that was really cool too for him to just be like I knew I was doing something right because it's basically talking about the same thing I'm talking about in the movie light skin mm-hmm. dark skin type stuff and why is it like this colorism and it's finest um is, is mm-hmm. something that he said so honestly man I uh I just wow it's it's so crazy to see that and I was like well how else do you think what did you think that he was going to do Right. As a graduate from a, a HBCU, you thought he was going to disrespect HBCUs in this movie? Like, mm-hmm. where are we going with this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what dirty secrets do y'all have with y'all treatment of y'all students that you would think this nigga would, you know, would bash you? Mm-hmm. So, mm, fuck them. <laughs> he said, fuck them. <laughs> so, um, man. Yeah. I gotta go into this. Um, the 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 good and bad hair salon scene, really? the wannabes mm-hmm. and the damn jigaboos. Jigaboos, yep. Hey, that's my shit. I have this is. Oh my god, I love this. I love the this scene. Um, in the movie now, for a lot of people who don't know, Spike Lee's favorite movie is West Side Story. 
Um, yes. He wanted to put those types of elements into school days. How do you feel about the uh, the, the 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 Jigaboos and the Wannabes dance mm-hmm. fight? I loved, it. In- loved it. Loved it. I loved it. I'm biased because I do like this movie, but I honestly loved it. I think um, you could have went the easy way of actually having them fight and let that be a thing. But to have this um, this fight that is very um, purposeful, mm-hmm. that is more art than violence, mm-hmm. um, and still be able to uh, showcase the colorism, the texturism, the issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was so great. That was so great. Like the having them in the hallway, going to Riri's hair salon, and then ending back where they started. That I don't know. It's it just felt so right. It felt so right, and I love that it was more or less a metaphorical fight and not a like in in the continuity of the movie right. their argument is where the uh riri's dance off fight hair salon scene took place that was their argument it mm. wasn't there those women physically attacking each other and i love that i love that it is uh it ain't even real and you weren't even born with blue eyes what you, like blue, she said blue contact lenses Yep, and them snaps. They were like, I loved that. Um, I love the role that the women played in this movie. I do kind of wish it was more, but I do like the idea of this ain't even a sorority. These are the, and I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, the auxiliary group? No, that's not it. Well, usually every fraternity has their... I'll say fans. This is for lack of a better word. Yeah. HBCU grads and all that frat Greek sorority life. Correct us. Correct mm-hmm. me. But it is like not the sorority, but the admirers of the fraternity. Yeah. So that's this wasn't even a sorority that they were fighting with. So it, like I think he did a lot. He made a lot of choices that with someone else would have been handled a bit differently. Not to say mm-hmm. it was wrong, right. but I do like this idea that even in 88, you're bringing to like this actual real type of group of of women mm-hmm. that I'm not sure if they still exist. I'm, I, I imagine in some capacity they do. Yeah. But you didn't just jump to oh these are the AKAs or the Deltas or mm-hmm. whatever. You went to like this specific group. So the gamma rays. And... I don't know. I loved it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that. Here's my thing, man. When I first seen this movie, um, mm-hmm. and I seen this product, I was like, what the hell is going? <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't I didn't I didn't get it. It was a lot of things I yeah. didn't really understand. And it yeah. takes you it takes you a little bit longer, you know, when you're a little bit more mature to be like, "Oh, I get it." You know what I'm saying? Cuz mm-hmm. there's so much in that scene about like two different factions or two different types of women going at each other about people think it's about just about their hair, but it's really just more about like your skin tone and you fake and you you ain't real and you mm-hmm. real and I'm real mm-hmm. and and you're not this and and um god the 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 sequence is so I think it's very well done as far as like the dancing mm-hmm. is concerned I fucking love the song on here mm-hmm. um and I I love the fact that it's at the salon <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and the thing is the salon is a space where coincidentally enough both factions of women are able to go equally like it's not when you go to a black salon you can see a motherfucker getting a quick weave getting some bundles mm-hmm. getting their locks retwisted getting some senegalese twist right some de- getting a fade like go like those women in their 
war or their combat with one another, their common ground, the place that should have or would have united them is the place where you had this fight. It's like, no, all of you motherfuckers can sit in a chair here and, and come out on the other side looking good. Right. You know, or, or um, highlighting the things that you're sitting here fighting about. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was good. I had a... I guess because it was 88 and I didn't really... So, I, I know the... <laughs> the Jigaboos, they had the little ancient mama mask, but mm-hmm. the wannabes that was like Elvis, and I was like, y'all can't find no black. They want to be white. They yeah, but be white. y'all couldn't find like somebody else. <laughs> like who than... else? Who else could you have? Like who else? As a, to me, I thought that was tenfold because it's like it's Elvis, but Elvis is also someone who is white but appropriates black culture. He's he's taken over uh... rock music from the space of black people. So yeah. like. I'm sure they could have picked somebody, but who else? Who else could you possibly? I, I don't know. I just felt like I was like, wait, ain't your mama, but <laughs> Elvis? <laughs> Those are two extremes. Two extremes, man. I, look. Mm. Oh my god, man! I think that is probably one of the better scenes in the movie. And then, like I said, with Spike loving musicals, like with West Side Story being like his favorite movie of all time and one of his favorites, mm-hmm. and him putting that in there, um, that was just a different element to. That was a that was a very for something that that came out in eighty eight, yeah, and it hadn't really been recreated as far as like somebody mm-hmm. doing. Thank God, you don't think anybody else could do that correctly. I think they could, but I also fear that if it hadn't been done by like say two thousand four, what are we going to get now? Mm. You know, so like it would have to be an indie creator or someone like an Issa Rae adjacent person and not somebody who's like, oh, this big wig at Viacom, let's redo this. Because I don't think you're going to get the same space. Spike made this when, though this was a big film, black films and cinema at that time was not given the not that we do now, the mm-hmm. same um, space and opportunity that white cinema did. Right. So a lot of things that were regulated to Chitlin' Circuit, Black Only, this and that, are those sleeper classics that we enjoy and then later on may become big later on down the line because mm-hmm. of like TikTok generation finding certain things. Yeah. But I feel like this movie came along right at a time where he could be extremely raw and extremely... Um, uh, kind of preachy in his his themes and have a conversation through this movie that now I think social media and the way in which streaming services work, a lot of that would work against making this movie as raw and real as it was back then. I still think it could be made. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought, there's a point that you brought in there that I wanted to ask you about. The movie as a whole, do you think mm-hmm. it's too preachy? Do you think it gets too uh, preachy no. at times? No, because um, it's a movie that's in 88. And there are a lot of things happening within black culture in general. And because they even spoke about the what war was that? Because at the beginning, it was like, yeah, they're trying to make us fight in a war, but we can't even yeah. something that Dap was saying. But that, I feel like uh, now the, the, the divest in, in South Africa, uh, yeah, the, apart- yeah. the apartheid stuff, the all apartheid, of those. Yeah. yeah. So I think that 
back then you didn't have social media back then you had newspapers word of mouth and like you know Radio other stuff like that. outdated forms of commun- not outdated but older forms of communication whereas mm. now we can get all of that information in three or four tweets mm. constantly back to back so i think now it may be a bit too preachy if you were to try to fold some of that in now but i think back then it was it, it couldn't have been because you had so much other shit going on that however preachy mm-hmm. you wait two or three minutes and there's a musical number or there's a romance you know plot like it was so much going on mm-hmm. that i personally don't think so but i also was a kid in the 80s when i first saw this so you may want to ask somebody who was like teenager young adult mm-hmm. at this time <laughs> they may see it differently but for me no yeah same here man like i didn't see it as very preachy i think he was doing bullet points on certain facts when it comes to black folks and he was hitting bullet points on certain things that happen especially when you're at an age or you're at a point in your life where it's transitioning into adulthood like like you you're figuring out who you are and Mm -hmm. you got people who are which i can't yeah i can't wait to get into this you got people who are very very woke for lack of a better term and you have a lot of people who are very very trying to be successful and they don't look at that side of things as as the way to get ahead in life so i think mm-hmm. that i think spike did a very good job and without being too pre and i i don't look at it as preachy either but you know there are some people who are like oh this shit right here they just and i feel like spike hit points without it being like for all intents and purposes this is a comedy Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a com- it's a musical com- comedy musical, whatever you want to say. I don't think he was just like heavy handed with some of the points that he was trying to get across. So I, th- I I feel like some people people don't some people don't fuck with Spike Lee because I think he does too much. He does a lot of movies that have messages, mm-hmm. and he doesn't. And, and and sometimes he can be very heavy handed, and sometimes he can be like he was in this. I feel like Spike was hitting hitting a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of points without it being mm-hmm. so serious or so it was it was serious moments in this movie, but I don't feel like he was too heavy handed with what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I I think regardless of how you feel about, I'm a fan of Beyonce, and you can hate her or love her, but one thing that I do enjoy about being a fan of Beyonce is that. Mm-hmm. You cannot look at her body of work, her accolades, and the charities and everything surrounding her and mm-hmm. her company and deny the talent, even if you don't like her. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the same way I feel about Spike Lee. You cannot like his movies. You can say they're heavy-handed. You can you can be down on them, but what you can't do is deny the work that is, that's been put in. Mm-hmm. And I bring up Beyonce mainly because there was a, recently a conversation about um, why aren't singers uh, or young entertainers more like her in the sense that you're a bit more private, mm-hmm. that you you know put out your work, and it's like her, and I liken this to Spike Lee, came around around a time before social media when you had to put in the hard work right. you could have a flop you could fall on stage while you're singing and recover right away spike you could put out a movie that may be a little bit too heavy-handed but your talent has gotten you to the point where even now that we got these new girls new girls being new singers producers um uh videographers directors their movies and their music and their body of work is still relevant mm-hmm. regardless to how you feel about it so that's my right. kind of tie in um with the beyonce of it all but that's the same way i feel about spike lee is that even if you don't like his work you can't 
deny his progression and you can't deny the talent and that he's one of not a whole lot of black people that's been able to do what he 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 he's done mm-hmm. starting way back in the 80s starting before social media starting before I could pull out my iPhone and record a fucking YouTube video and upload it in a matter of 5 minutes right. like you you can't deny that right right mm-hmm. um what side of the corner are you on are you a dap? Are you a dap person or are you a Julian? Julian. Big brother Both. almighty. You gotta pick one. I'm I can't both. I can no. Mm. We are not riding the fence this season. We're not riding I'm the both. fence this season. We're not gonna do that. We're not doing that, Rain. Not hey. this season. Whose hey. side are you on? You gotta pick who's one. Whose side of the bed or whose side of the like where we you pick you gotta be clear. Who are you nigga. who you riding with? Are you are you are you G five G or are you going with the fellas? Hey, are you are you are you, you Julian? G5G? That's what we wanna be. Are you Julian or are you Dap? Um That's that's not a um that's not a simple answer because I honestly see great things in both of them. Mm. Um I am adjacent to Detroit Motown, you know what I'm saying? Motown I'm from Michigan, Flint, Michigan. Love it. Um, I see the, um, the good in both. Mm -hmm. If we're looking purely at like, you know, who was the worst and who was the best in the movie, I'm probably, I I don't know. I would, surprisingly enough, I may say Julian, because even though Depp is a bit more activist centered, Mm -hmm. if we're especially looking at the eighties. Being, see, I don't know. I'm like, damn, you did. You, you know what I'm saying? That that scene at what was it Burger King or McDonald's? Burger King, KFC. That's that. The fuck. Of course it was. <laughs> um, that's the scene that I was like, oh, the the fellas is heartstrings pulled. But, yeah. um, probably probably Dap with the caveat that Julian was terrible. But I think it was more or less him and not all of the things that he embodied, like with the fraternal aspect, with this like alpha male. Because like, he was a shitty person, yeah. But I, I think that, <sighs> but if we're just looking at the movie, I'll say Dap. I'll just say Dap just to keep it keep it um, simple and I'll, you know, throughout the episode explain more stuff. But I'll say Dap. I, I'll say I'm sorry with that. So, shocker, I'm riding with, I'm riding with Julian. I'm riding with Big Brother mm. Almighty. You said he was a shitty person. I don't think so. I think people kissed his ass so much that he didn't have to do. The brother was smart. He was he was an mm-hmm. intelligent guy. He was mm-hmm. at at the end of the day, he was a leader because people was like, "What we gonna do, Julian?" He was just like, well, "Let me. We're gonna do it this way." Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like his way of thinking was very different, but I think at that time he was doing what he had to do to. He wanted to be successful in life, and I'm not saying I don't. Like maybe some people might have looked at Julian as a sellout. I don't look at him that way. Mm-mm, I, I, I looked. I look. Well, you know, some people because of that being. I think that was uh, for all intents and purposes. I feel like that was a little too woke. Um, when he's sitting around the campfire telling stories about you, you can put a fried chicken on the truck or alcohol, and they doing all of those things. And then his girlfriend, which she made the point of, hey. Like, I think you're only dating me because I'm one of the darker sisters on the campus. And mm-hmm. he had he had such a um he had to maintain 
this um, a black awareness so bad that it just kind of made him. I like you. I like that, but I just felt like I'm like, bruh, chill out. Like you're about to get mm-hmm. kicked out of school, and he's and I know sometimes you have to have a cause to ride for. I'm not. I'm not downing that. But when his home, like the scene where they're talking about, like, yo, man, like I'm the first person out of my mm-hmm. out of my family yeah, to go to go college, college. bro, and I'm not finna fuck this up for nobody. And he's just like, oh man, you a seller? He's like, no, man, like I I want to be somebody. Um, I want to mm-hmm. do something. You either you know you either work or you starve. Stuff like that. Um, Julian was like, no, I know how to play the game. I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna get through school and do what I need to do. He did some very shitty things. <laughs> like, don't get right, me that's wrong. That's what I'm saying. Like, but I, not. I really, I kind of, I kind of see Julian's point of view of things. You keep talking mm-hmm. this, go back to Africa shit. He's like, nigga, I'm from Detroit, Motown. Like, we are Black Americans. Africa mm-hmm. don't give. A f- I mean, and this probably was different in '88. But he was like, Africa don't give a fuck about us. You can go back to Africa, but I'm not. Yeah, but even still, if you want to bring up all these examples. Especially with the treatment of women, I would have to lean more for Dap anyways, just because right. his treatment of Rachel was like possibly taking her for granted, and like she said, being with me because I'm one of the darker sisters. The treatment of uh, Jane was straight up sexual assault. Yeah, like I don't like you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like I can see on, I can see the good things in both of them, but they both have very colorful ideals that did not align with everyone all the time they were they were radicals but they were essentially the same damn person i think and i put this in my notes and i kept coming up first of all i really would like to hear <laughs> i wish we got a flashback to see like what happened to dap when he was pledging because they bring it up in the movie it's like yeah your, your cousin failed like he could he couldn't cut the mustard but i mm-hmm. always felt like I felt like Dap was probably one of the few people. If you look at that movie, not a lot of people really stand up to to Julian in this movie. Mm-hmm. Except for Dap. Mm-hmm. Dap's the only That's person in this it. movie that could stand up to him. And I think I think Dap was the only one that was just like, nah, nigga, like I'm just as smart as you. I'm your equal. Like you can't you can't sun me. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you're not gonna sun mm-hmm. me. I wanna know what his experience like. I really wish we could have got something to 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 know what was his experience because he clearly he tried to he pledged it's stated in the movie and I want to know what happened to have this breakdown between the two because clearly there was a relationship there beforehand you get yeah. what I'm saying so I want to know mm-hmm. what happened to break this whole thing down yeah no 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 I um I agree and that don't don't be getting ahead of yourself nigga because you um. Dipping into my shit. Oh, okay. I'm not gonna. Okay, I don't want to dip into your shit. I can't. I, no, but I'm saying, yeah, I, my, my, my shit for later. You know <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can. I yeah. honestly, I honestly was just like, Big Brother Almighty, uh, Julian. I'm, I'm riding with that dude. They, mm-hmm. but even in the, even in the sex scenes, like, oh yeah, that's Julian just, scene that's, was creepy and scary like i was like this feels hey. un- it felt uncomfortable you know what i'm saying look look you signed with this nigga <laughs> creepy sex ass nigga the fuck this shit that didn't feel uncomfortable that didn't that didn't feel uncomfortable that scene felt very uncomfortable to me it was the licking of the head and shit it was to me it was a kind of art house it was art, <laughs> art, artsy it was very 
thought it was very intentional and she licked that nigga's I guess I was the, she licked that nigga part. Yeah, part I was like that shit greasy as fuck. She tasted uh what's that blue That was a Mur- that was a Murray. She so has some Murray's in there. Yeah. <laughs> that shit's still on her tongue to this day. Shit, ain't no way you can't wash that shit off. You can't brush that off. Oh shit. Um but, yeah. so I wanted to ask you because you have a little bit of experience with fraternities. I feel like no, for real. I'm, I'm all the these are not. I'm jokes aside. Okay. This was to me. This was a very cartoonish look at fraternities to me. Did you feel the same way? Um, no, only because I think the whole movie helped kept that same appeal. Like it'd be different if this was like a serious ass movie, but then the pledging scenes were like, yeah, let's go skin a cat and climb a tree with a goldfish. Like it wasn't. I think it fit within the uh, movie, and I would imagine it was just calling out the absurdity of the process, because it's, you know, like, look back on, there's news articles of Mm -hmm. Black, White, and other fraternal organizations being banned for hazing. Yeah. So I don't, I think even if you feel that way, it's intentional, and I think that's the, the, the point, is to be... Um, and I'm sure there's, you know, a lot more truth to it, just exaggerated. But I enjoyed that part of it because it's like, um, I don't know. It, it felt very much like this is a baseline for someone who's not familiar with this part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Like you, and I think it also prompts you to ask questions where, um, for example, if you're, I don't know, a high school student back in, I don't know, 92, and you've seen your principal's office and she has a blue and white dove in her office, you know those letters aren't uh, the Arabic, I don't know, alphabet. The Greek. And then you see a movie like this and you're like, oh, okay. I've seen, you know, Principal Smith has Delta Sigma Theta or Zeta Phi Like, and I think it prompts you to kind of make connections. And it's like, damn, did you go through this shit? And that... You talk to any nigga that's Greek, and they they gonna be happy to tell you some stories. It may not be nothing like this, but you know they have stories that for someone who isn't in that space or hasn't um, explored that part of the black experience or HBCU experience, to you listening, that might sound silly as shit. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we did such and such. Maybe not give you insider details, but like, yeah, we did such and such. Or we had to do this. Or I remember we all slept on a school bus or some shit. Like, and to you as a quote-unquote regular person not aware, it may sound just as cartoonish as you're saying those scenes play. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, I think they were appropriate for the movie. I... So my best friend in the entire world, um, he's he's still my homeboy. I remember um, in college he was pledging Kappa, and mm-hmm. of course I didn't know what he was going through. I just know it was a rough time, and I remember mm-hmm. just having conversations with him and trying to help him with certain things that he needed help with. Um, and I was one of those people that got to college. You know, I'm fresh out of I'm fresh out of California, man. I'm th- I said, nigga, this game bang, and I know what the fuck this is, nigga. Y'all are y- y'all are in gangs. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't finna pay to be in a yeah. gang. You know what I'm saying? You like I'm, yeah, like I'm yeah. not paying to be in no gang. So <laughs> watching the movie then and now, I just was like this is kind of like the bananas in the toilet and the yeah the the mm-hmm. motherfuckers the motherfuckers down there in the fucking. I mean, I just didn't think they would have them in like some dungeon. You know what I'm saying? Running in there. Yeah. 
Uh, and pat, well, I mean, the paddling thing, I'm pretty sure is real, but some of these conditions that these motherfuckers eating dog food now, I'm like, nigga, I see. <laughs> Come on. My black ass. See, I'm, I'm very. That my co- that in my college in my college years, a nigga mm-hmm. would have got his ass whooped if they would have told me on, to do Dab. some of that shit. You know what I'm why saying? Why you think Dap ain't? Yeah, that. Why you think Dap ain't G five G? Because <laughs> your ass shit like but, you are him. <laughs> oh, I believe it, Julian. No, nigga, you Dap. That's why. What wrong with you? And I know, <laughs> I know that at the end of the, I mean, when they finally crossed, and they was just like, because I remember when homeboy crossed, and it just was the greatest feeling in the world because it gave them solidarity. Mm-hmm. I know. They do those types of things because of solidarity and brotherhood and all this other stuff, and I get it. But I just felt like when I was watching it on this movie and some of the stuff that they were like doing, I was like, "Nigga, this is like straight out of a cartoon, nigga. Like, what are you? T- what? <laughs> what is this nigga talking about? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, and I, I can't wait to get to like who was overacting because there's a person in that in, in G5G. Oh thing. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I already know. Uh oh, the one who started the chat. We go, hold on, we go. Oh, okay, because I know we're talking about that. That's my favorite. We go, step on. We say, go, step on. But (laughs) I just felt like, I just felt like frat life felt a little cartoonish. How do you feel about them not really representing the sororities in this movie, though? I think I'm, I'm glad because where unless there was women in the writer's room or helping with the creative direction i don't think that he needed to tell that story um because if he's telling Mm. his college experience and this is a honestly this movie is about julian and Depp. it's not about anyone else like they are everyone else really are side characters half pint is there but like he feels like a, a b plot um and so where would you have even fit that in like on, on all the shit you went with, because I I think that making the sorority be the um, gamma rays gives you space to have these little stories here and there, but not have to. I think I think more this movie would have had would have needed to be a bit longer, mm. and you would have had to cut out a lot of other stuff because where are you going to add them? And also adding them does it take away from the already established. G5G, mm-hmm. because if you put in a sorority, they're equals with this group. Mm-hmm. The gamma rays are not equals to um, G5G. They're not. They're, I, I can't think of the terminology, but they're essentially in service to them. Yeah. And because the girl, why don't we always come back to this? She was like, girl, we do everything for the black and stuff. Like, bitch, girl, no. <laughs> These grown-ass niggas can do their own fucking party, That's what she said. But she said, I'm tired of cleaning was, after these shiftless, shiftless-ass Negroes. <laughs> Look, cause she was like, "This is what you sign up for." We, you know, this is what we do, right? And so, I think adding in a sorority, though it would have been, you know, nice to see. Um, I don't know that that would have. I want to say benefited the movie. If that, like, how could that have been? Like the shit you put the men through in G Five G. I don't know how you would have been able, especially with not having a woman mm. and a woman in a sorority or who had that HBCU mm. college experience putting her input on. I don't know how you would have. I don't know. I don't know how you would have done that. Yeah. With this movie in the 80s. Yeah. I don't know how you would have done that. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I just. I like I feel like the gamma rays did what they were their job, what they were supposed to do. 
and showed what it was like for people who were not really in the sorority. Because I don't think the Gamma mm-hmm. Rays were a sorority. And if they no, were, they're not. yeah. So I'm like, all right, like, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I think mm-hmm. they handled that part of it um, pretty well. Plus, if we would have had a sorority, I swear we probably would have. We probably would have had another 30 minutes. And I think this movie was actually paced mm-hmm. very well. Like, that's one thing yeah. I can say about this movie. Like, it's with even with the the musical scenes and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's paced very well. Like, it's a two-hour movie, but it don't even feel like two hours. At all. And I, oh, that's why I love this fucking, like, the world that this movie creates. I, I could watch this on repeat all day. Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. What a great movie. Uh, any other points that you want to hit on before we get into movie nerd knowledge? Um, I love the um, I love that colorism was explored and the fact that it was in the eighty eight. We'll just say eighty seven. Let's say he created shot it. And yeah, all shit yeah. The movie was shot in eighty seven. So you you dealing with colorism like in a way that is very black, and the mm. two leads are very light skinned men, you know, or lighter skinned men. I'll say yeah, that. fair skinned. Yeah, and. It's just, I don't know, like, even like you mentioned already, the comment Rachel made about you with me because I want the darker sisters on campus. It's like, she was again, showing. She was beautiful. She, she was man, gorgeous, bro. Like, yeah. I was like, you, I said, you are like, I was like, you fine as hell. I mean, fine as right, hell. Right. She was tall as shit. Yeah, I know. Nice she, yeah, she was, she, her Coco Jones, they, they playing one on one. Hey, Diva, you know they, 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 they gonna hoop. They gonna hoop. Hey, them and uh, was Lynn talking? No, Lynn wasn't talking. She was, but, uh, she was. I was like, this girl, this, well, not girl, but this yeah, woman. I said, this, this woman, woman is. Well, I mean, she. Girl. Fine. I said, she fine. Shit. As hell. Like, there was no. I don't know. I just, I just like, and I'm sure you'll get to it, but the colorism topic. Mm-hmm being featured in this movie because it's easy enough to say oh so hbcu movie let's you know they're all black and not really even focus on that aspect of it and mm-hmm. doing it in ways that wasn't um i'll say it was overt but it wasn't dap you light skin nigga you got all this privilege it was like you know it ain't even real you wasn't even born with blue eye it wasn't like oh you light skin bitch you think you better than me fuck right. you and your light skin family it was very it worked within the story and it was called out in a way that black people understood immediately. I can't really speak for whites. So other folks, I don't really care how they felt about it, but I mm-hmm. think that it was a very good way of tackling the topic of colorism in a all black movie. How did you feel about the labeling of jigaboos and wannabes though? Do you think that think was extreme? Was extreme. Nope. I love it. I love, I love how extreme it is. Cause it'd be one thing to say, um, you know, fair skin and 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 dark mm-hmm. or or blue black. So it's like, no, get out there with it. Be out there. Be jiggable. That because that brings a certain. It has a whole kind of. It has a whole feeling that comes. It's like saying the word nigga mm-hmm. and hearing it from the lips, thin lips of some white person. You know what I'm saying? It's very much you're bringing. And this is what I love about anyone, not even just Spike Lee, um, but like any storyteller that uses already established ideals in their movie mm-hmm. as a way of not having to do that heavy lifting like to call them a jigaboo you automatically know with that even the nigga who said um you know he thought the president looked like a sambo though that wasn't part of the movie that also brings a whole 
millennia, decades of like context mm-hmm. and ideals. So I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it made everything Shit. very clear and con- correct. And I think when you hear that, it brings something up in your mind and you like, I know a lot of people might look at it as just like that's a little extreme. He's doing a little too much, but I feel like those mm-hmm. you sometimes you need, especially at that time when you can actually mm-hmm. make movies like this and when you can actually mm-hmm. say those types of things. I think it made things so apparently clear. Like yo, like he yep. ain't playing on here about this, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. like yeah, you know that's what they would call some of them wannabes. Are all right, some of them jigaboos mm-hmm. get on my damn nerves. Like fuck them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <sighs> Man, all right. It is movie nerd knowledge time. The budget for this movie was $6.5 million. Now, here's a caveat to this. So this was supposed to be this was supposed to be the second film in Spike Lee's three-film deal with Island Pictures. After She's mm-hmm. Got a Habit, which was in 1986. However, Lee got a call from Island saying that they no longer wanted to make the film because it was too expensive. Uh, and they lost confidence in Spike Lee and his production crew. Now, the next day, Lee was at Columbia Pictures. David Putnam and David V. Picker, um, for they they went and picked up the negative uh, and picked up. I mean, they picked up the deal, um, and the budget was increased to six point five million dollars, and the film was made. And also, mm. because of Columbia Columbia Pictures and David V. Picker, Spike Lee got the final cut. The final cut rights for the film, which was rare because directors at that time never mm-hmm. got that. Um, I mm-hmm. thought that was very, very good. I think um, the deal just went bad. They didn't really like the outcome from She's Gotta Have It. That was with Island Pictures. And thank God that somebody believed in Spike Lee um, to pick this movie up and go forward with it. So mm-hmm. it was only a domestic release. Uh, the film uh, made fourteen million, fourteen, fourteen million five thousand, five hundred thousand. So it was fourteen point five million. Damn. So it made a pretty good amount, double, double what it was worth. Can you mm-hmm. guess where it landed on opening weekend? I'd say number one. Shit, domestic though. Blacks going to see it. Mm. Now this is eighty eight now. Right, because um, I can't even think what else would have been out. Probably an Eddie Murphy movie shit. Um, <laughs> if he can be with Eddie Murphy, then it can be one. But um, I'm going to be bold and say number one. Um, It opened at number 10, and it never got past that. It actually lowered. Uh, it went lower after that. Now, it opened up. The opening weekend box office was $1.8 million. Can you guess the number one movie at that time? Probably like RoboCop or something. <laughs> I'm because I'm thinking like '88. Uh, again, either something. Some. Um, I'm gonna give you the top three movies, and you're gonna be shocked. Okay. <laughs> well, if you say Toy Story, then I'm, cut, I'm cutting his laptop off. <laughs> I'm going home. Top <laughs> three. So the number one movie in America was Good Morning Vietnam. That was a Robin Williams movie. Um, the number two movie was Shoot to Kill, which was a uh, action movie with uh, Steven Seagal. And, okay. And mm, number, th- but here comes number three, and you're gonna be shocked because I was shocked. <laughs> action Jackson was number three, and that is starring mm. Carl Weathers. <laughs> Have you ever seen Action but Jackson? You know what? No, I've, I've like I've physically seen images, but I've never seen the movie. But I can see that because again, you think about the '80s. This is Spike Lee's second film. Action Jackson is like, 
I don't know, man. That's still weird as fuck. But let's see. We also in a in a bubble of like being black and and being familiar with black culture. Black Action Jackson had a white woman lead, right? Like a no like vanity a was no his love is was vanity from uh um it wasn't a white woman featured in that Sharon Stone is in the movie, but she's not the lead. Well, is she the but, lead? But was she marketed as? No, as being a if bigger part of the movie. No, on the cover of the box is Carl Weathers and Vanity. I don't know, man. I'm still, but then also Vanity. Out. She's from uh, Vanity Six. From Prince, she no, she no, used no. to date Prince. Yeah, I, I know that. Him. I'm just thinking like I can see the public having the public at large, not like black folks in their pocket of oh I go to HBC or oh I'm. You know, my mom's fucking, I don't know, Dr. Jones at Morehouse or whatever. Right. Like, I feel like that makes sense that the society at large would be like, oh, let's go see this action Jackson movie. And then it's also action movies. Mm-hmm. Like the genre of movies is like, isn't it like dependent on the state of the world? Like when there's dystopian movies, that means that um, like we're pretty much secure because now you want to look at what could life be like different from ours. And then when you get like action, there's, there's some psychology to it that is like a lot of the popular movies that are being pushed are based on like where economically we are, whatever, some bullshit. Yeah, but I've never long story short, I could, I could see that. I could see, but damn, 10. Yeah. Damn. And it never really got past that. So, um, school days actually got a lot of mixed reviews. A lot of people, didn't really like it. They didn't understand the movie. And then there were people mm-hmm. who celebrated it and also thought that it was like a very good movie and it showed a really good side of um, what black um, black um, HBCU life could be. So it just it, it was a lot of mixed reviews going on, man. I, I, and it, I think it had it took for a lot of people to realize how great the movie was. It, it, it had to go through its uh, whole thing with, with VHS and stuff like that, too. So Mm-hmm. A cult classic. Right. So, here's the rumor. So, the rumor goes that Bill Cosby stole the idea for A Different World from School mm-hmm. Days. Hence, the same actors uh, and the premise of the show uh, being somewhat similar. Now, mm-hmm. it, it's now this is real. You can actually look this up. Bill Cosby actually hired the same casting director from School Days mm-hmm. to be, the, uh, I think her name is Robbie Reed, to cast mm-hmm. A Different World Hence why you see so many of the same actors in mm-hmm. both uh, things. And what a lot of people don't know is School Days was before, they were filmed around about the same time, but mm-hmm. School Days came out before A Different World. Now, mm-hmm. when Spike Lee was asked about this, Spike Lee blatantly he just came out and said, yeah, he he jacked us. He jacked us for the idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, should if he sent out his mouth, it, yeah, and hell, the proof is in the pudding. Because it's one thing to be like, "Oh, I'm going to make a vampire movie," and then another nigga make a vampire movie, and then we just happen to both make vampire movies. It's a whole other thing for me to see his vampire movie and then go get his casting director. <laughs> it was like, so as fucked up as it is, I think it it kind of helped though in the long run mm-hmm. because you do have 
this cult classic nature of school days and a lot of it can be tracked through the cast if you like jasmine guy in a different world you're definitely gonna look at other shit she's done mm. and this coming out before and them being so similar thematically mm. i think that it's fucked up but like it also helps it because you're riding off the coattails of each other yeah um i think the success of school days regardless to how he feels about what cosby did you can't deny that a lot of that probably comes from a different world, but not just a different world. The fact that a different world was a syndicated show where mm-hmm. you were constantly reminded of this. Se- Whereas if you had a saw school days and that was it, it would have been more easily forgotten than seeing a different world over and over and right. over again. Right. And then finding like, Oh shit, it's a movie that's very similar. Like, so I, I think that was, it's fucked up. It, it, it helped them both in the long run. Yeah, I was actually one of those people who's just like, "Hey, what's this movie that this copy in a different world? What the hell's going on around here?" Mm-hmm. And then it was like, "Hey, that's Dwayne Wayne." And it was just like, oh, "Wait, yeah, but he ain't friends with with uh right with, with Rod mm-hmm. with Rod um with Ron Johnson. Like, what the hell's going? You know, like why is yeah. it so confusing? Like they supposed to be <laughs> homeboys yeah. and shit like that. So mm-hmm. it 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 was very confusing. I feel like he. I feel like he stole the idea too. I, like Spike was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, man, he jacked us for our idea, bro." But it, yeah, because how many other shows were doing this at that time? Like those are the only two. It'd be different if a bunch of niggas was like, "Oh, we all doing black college." No, just you two. Nah, with the same nah, actors, with a lot of the same actors, a lot mm-hmm. of the same. Mm-hmm. Like even extras, you was just like, because I can go yeah. through and pick out the different characters. Like, I, oh, that's Julian. Oh, that's like I forgot mm-hmm. Tisha Campbell's. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, I'm like, hey, Jane, mm-hmm. right, Jane, yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, Too like, it's, hey, come on now, wait a minute, mm-hmm, nigga. So that was interesting. Check that motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, Spike Lee had the actors stay in separate hotels during filming. The actors playing the wannabes had better accommodations than mm-hmm. those playing the Jigaboos, which contributed yeah. to the on-camera animosity between the two camps. Uh, the step show scene, which is one of my favorites, I can't wait to talk mm-hmm. about that, was a result of animosity. According to Spike Lee, the fighting between the Jigaboos and the wannabes was real. Mm-hmm. Um, So I heard the interview, and he was just like, yeah, like... Of course. I wanted it to be real tension. He wanted it to be real tension between the two castmates to make the movie seem real. Now, when it went yeah. on, apparently they they were supposed to cut the cameras off. He was like, no, nah, film this. We're yeah, going to put it I in there. I wouldn't either. Shit. All that shit. Give it to me. Do <laughs> you feel... How do you feel about what he did with that? I think it was smart. Mm. Whether you like it or not, it was smart. I um I think it's shitty, but... If you're, because to me, I look at this film not as a major Hollywood film. I look at it as a successful indie film. And in indie film, you have to do what you have to do. You have to find a way to make shit work. Mm -hmm. So even if I'm shooting on my iPhone, I have to be able to like still get a tripod. I have to maybe be in, let's say, H&M and shoot a scene in there knowing good damn well I could get caught and kicked out. Mm -hmm. So I have to be a little bit more stealthy. So I think it was a smart choice given the conflict of the movie i'm thinking to myself how you motherfuckers agree to this maybe they weren't aware initially i don't know maybe they thought everybody had that you know less Mm-mm. than favorable and then it was Lee. i don't know but somebody in the um, cast somebody yeah. like somebody in the cast found out about it and it was spread out through the other guys and it was supposed to do and it was and it yeah so i'm the same way i was just like 
that's actually kind of smart filmmaking, especially if you're a director and you need mm-hmm. real attention. Because a lot of these people, this is kind of like their first, some of their, some of these people's first movie. Um, mm-hmm. I know Jasmine, this was Jasmine Guy's first movie, and I, I forgot who else's first movie it was. But I think them, yeah, um, Homegirl from Medea's uh, camp. I think it was her first movie too. Yeah, even though she wasn't in it a lot. But. Yeah, but if you want real attention. And to be honest with you, that made the scene a whole lot better than probably what it would have been. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know I know the circumstances are kind of messed up, but I think doing that helped helped it be a lot more real than what it what it probably would have mm-hmm. been. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of this other stuff that happened in the movie, as far as like the tension between the two groups, made it even better because of this too. So I'm mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I'm with it. So Rain, there was an actress who was originally considered for the role of Jane Toussaint. Howard Spike Lee, of course, uh, was impressed by Tisha Campbell because she was singing, uh, her singing from Little Shop of Horror, so she got mm-hmm. the part. Do you know who was originally supposed to be Jane Toussaint in... Jasmine Guy. <laughs> no. Um, mm, I can't even think of a light-skinned woman in 88. Mm, no, who was it? Vanessa Williams. Was supposed really? to be yes. She was considered for the role of Jane Toussaint, but the singing of Tisha Campbell in Little Shop of Horrors, it, Spike was sold on it. He knew she she had the chops, and she got the role. Damn, that's fucked up. I don't. Did Vanessa have a singing career? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think this would be the same movie if Vanessa Williams is, is no. Jane. No, she's too dark to me. Vanessa Williams. Mm-hmm. She's, you I, need to go back and look. Go back and look. Tisha Campbell is lighter than her. Mm, Vanessa Williams. You need to go back and look at them eighty-eight pictures of Vanessa Williams. Vanessa mm. Williams was was very light skinned very high yellow. <laughs> like mm. she 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 could have did. She could have pulled Jane off. I mean, I'm sure. I don't doubt it. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the yeah, pictures from eighty. Like a... Yeah, her from eighty-eight. She would have fit right into the cast. But you know, yeah, she do got them blue eyes. I know she got mm. blue or gray eyes. For yeah. 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 Oh, that would have been. Yeah, but ain't she like 12 feet taller than Judy? <laughs> 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 Bro, she would have been. Judy would have came to her navel. Oh, man. <laughs> If she ain't no way she would okay. I don't but think yeah, that's I don't think we would have the same type of movie. And I'm gonna tell you, well, you'll find out why when we get to where we remind that because it's a it's a scene on here where I was just like, there's no way Vanessa Williams mm-hmm. could have pulled this off. Um mm-hmm. Ooh, the last word spoken in the film was wake up, but did you know that the first word spoken in Spike Lee's next film was wake up and do the right thing? He started mm-hmm. off where he left off at. I like that. Mm. I like that. Very. I, like very. That. I say, go ahead, Spike, and and he had the multiversal madness before Doctor Strange. Come on, okay, nigga. Come on. I Come you. on. It all. It all. It all. It all matches up. I love it. Yeah. Um. For the final thing, the Gamma Phi Gamma G Phi G is a combination of two historically black fraternities: the Alpha mm-hmm. Phi Alpha fraternity and the Omega Psi Phi. Omega Psi Phi members are known as the Q Dogs. And their pledges are used uh, used to shave their heads and eyebrows prior to being members. Now the Alpha mm-hmm. by Alpha colors are black and gold, and their mascot is a is a sphinx. So in the parade scene, the Gamma's float has an Egyptian theme. How'd you feel mm-hmm. about him mashing those two up and making the G five? I thought it was smart. I thought it was smart. I thought that was the smartest thing he could have done, because if you look back at the Insecure 
uh, debacle with <laughs> someone who had the rights from Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated to use their iconography for this character and motherfuckers lost their goddamn mind who were a part of the organization. Like, you don't understand that your organization is a business that can lend these images. That was so weird. So I think that was the smartest thing for him to do because if we're having this discourse in 2021, 2022, mm-hmm. imagine the discourse that would have gone on. There are nine historically black fraternities and sororities Mm -hmm. if you had to chose just one that's where i could see an honest pushback how do i say this the way that the president of morehouse pushback was bullshit yeah i could see an argument for someone in that fraternity whether he chose alpha kappa uh omega or sigma or iota i could see where they would have concerns and that's going to open up a whole can of worms that i think that was just a smarter choice well the alphas are in this movie at the step show but they, but, but, but they aren't th- but daryl daryl was it daryl bell um one of the g5g's he's an alpha as well so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that lended them to help them get the rights to be able to put the alphas in there but you know, he used the alphas. He used the alphas in here, but he used them right. He used them the right way. He used them in the point like this is just establishing that there are more like using them, having G five G, and then Rachel mentioning she wanted to be a Delta. It, mm-hmm. it just lends itself to the idea that there are more organizations on campus. But if you take the exact same shot for shot G five G and make it an alpha or an omega or any black fraternity, then you're opening yourself up to a lot of bullshit criticism and pushback Mm -hmm. because it's like you're 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 focusing on this one and this is one of many these niggas is in the millions across Mm -hmm. the world right and so any depiction of them is going to bring conversation but if i make up a fake ass group and i had them do all this shit the conversation can be oh that's kind of like the cues but it's kind of like the iotas but it's kind of like it's not oh nigga he said 1906 (laughs) It's some bitches. Oh, yeah. this motherfucker. You know, so yeah. I, I think that was the smartest move. Just like splitting them niggas up. I think that was a smart move. Do you play G5G? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would do it in the heartbeat. Yeah. Me too. The fuck? Me too. I would pass. Just for the only here's the problem. <laughs> Let me just say this real quick. Here's the problem yeah. that I have. Them damn capes at the step show. Fucking hated that shit. This is like, let me have these capes and we're gonna <laughs> spin them holes around. Giancarlo Espinito <laughs> ain't black. That's why. It's uh, uh, Latin ass. It's he's Afro, ass. He's Afro Latino, okay? Right, let's not do that. That was his Latin part doing that <laughs> a bitty bitty bum ass shit. I see you, brother.
<laughs> but I'm with it. Them capes, man, I ain't care. I hated them capes. I'm done. I hated them capes. I hated them capes. Nigga, they kept us in army fatigue. So I'm, you know, a cape would have been a, a good, a good uh, variation on that shit. So yeah. Oh, that shit was terrible. Mm-hmm. And then them fucking, yeah, fucking mask and all that bullshit. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for movie nerd knowledge. Now it is time for the categories. The keys yeah. categories are different points in the movies that we talk about. We just have different questions of what we like, what we didn't like. So first things first, do you want to go first? Um, where did you rewind? What are some of your favorite scenes from the movie? Oh, I said Riri's salon scene to me was one of the really all the musical scenes, but that one in particular, mm-hmm. uh, just because it was so high energy, and it's one of the scenes that you can replay and find something new. Mm-hmm. Maybe not every single time, but you can you notice new other things. Um, I love how stylized it was. I loved the um, uniforms because me. Being a guy, this ain't got shit to do with being queer. I just thought it was cool. I wanted one of those jerseys. Well, I wanted some of everything. I wanted a G5G uh, sweatshirt. Yeah. I wanted a Jigaboo and a wannabe jersey. I wanted, like, I wanted they shit. I'm like, damn, I need this. Um, I like that. Um, also, the homecoming talent show. Jane and the girls. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. The, you okay? The coronation, basically. The, the, yes, the coronation. coronation. God damn, that song. I can sing that bar damn, for bar you, to this you day. You taking my shit, you black oh, my, nigga, nigga, no. I don't, nigga? You made me go first, nigga. But that's my shit. Like that, I love is one of those. I love that. Go go ahead, nigga. Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. I'm gonna follow no, you up. I'm gonna so, follow you up with that. That's um one of my favorite scenes because that is one of the scenes that as a child watching this, it shot so well. It feels to me kind of like Oz. But it was it put me and I and listen and listen to me, y'all. I'm a nerd, so follow me here. It put me into this otherworldly space. Music is going to do it to you anyways by nature of just being music. But the cinematography and the way that it was shot and lit, that silver dress, the silver and black dress, the silver shining, the way this performance looked, it felt a lot like um, Glinda the Good Witch in The Wiz. Like the way that they depicted her showing herself to Dorothy, like that, it felt like that watching. I was like, nigga, am I in a dream? Like, 
what the fuck is going like is this my is she seducing me i'm like seven is this my wife no i was just like tisha did what the fuck she's supposed to do her she, and she, the gamma rays yes. and that song has been imprinted in my brain i will sing that song every few months me too that is my shit that I, oh, pretty baby, I don't want to be alone tonight. Either treat me right or let me go. <laughs> either treat me right or let me, me be. be. Sorry, let me be. Sorry. I don't want to be alone tonight. Ah, hell yeah. When that, that, that. when that motherfucker said, oh my lord, have mercy. Oh my lord. Oh my lord. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I did. Let me just say, since we have, we have, we have one of the same scenes. My yeah. dude, I sing that song every time it comes yes. on. Yes. That is one of the best. I don't know what... You had a very good breakdown of what it is. For mm-hmm. me, I don't know. I, it's just maybe it's just the song, but I fucking yeah. love that damn mm-hmm. song. I was Absolutely. like, shit. I was, that's why I was like, Vanessa Williams couldn't sing it this like Tisha Campbell did. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. I'm glad Tisha Campbell um, mm-hmm. got this role. I, Vanessa Williams yeah. singing this, get the fuck out of here. She wouldn't if she would have. This, this would have been terrible if she would have did that. <laughs> but with some, it's something. Yeah. It's something about Tisha Campbell. Okay, if I'm being completely honest, I just feel like Tisha Campbell is more on. And this is no disrespect. Her blackness is way more in front, especially here mm-hmm. and now, mm-hmm. than Vanessa Williams at that time was. If that makes sense. Yeah. If anybody's seen any old school. Vanessa Williams stuff, you would know that she couldn't sing this song this way. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that that was Tisha Campbell front and center. We know that she is the important one out of all mm-hmm. of the gamma rays, even though I think mm-hmm. this is like her freshman year. I feel like mm-hmm. that her backup singers, I, I love the routine. I, when yep. they, when these motherfuckers doing this shit right here, yeah, nigga, with the hands, yeah. Get yep. the fuck out of here. It's I love the, it. The, the styling, they even made sure. And this, ugh, I love filmmaking. Jane was not the only light skinned person. She was mm-hmm. the only motherfucker with red hair. Right. She was the only, like, they did these things that made her stand out. Mm-hmm. Visually, you knew she was the motherfucker to be. Her dress was and, different than all the other dresses. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God. I, yeah, that, that's my shit. Like, that scene, there's no. There's no way I can I won't sing that song. Yeah, I don't me care too. Where I'm at. Me you too. Play that bitch, and I'm I'm right along. I'm gamma ray right there, fucking with you. Yeah. Um. Funny enough, I loved the the homecoming game, and I loved that it was shot from the perspective <laughs> of the the students, the students in the yeah. watching them lose, and like that to me, it was like such a funny. I love it because you could have easily been like, oh, we're the best. Our team is the best. I like, you have all this shit going on. Like, they have a shitty-ass fucking football team. And they keep fucking losing. And, like, <laughs> that's how it be. Niggas be mad. Do not fuck up sports. Niggas be mad. <laughs> I, what about the sermon that the coach spit? <laughs> oh <laughs> he was like, God. he said, do you hate the devil? Well, the devil's right, <laughs> right outside. <laughs> he, does. he said, do you want me to lose my job? This shit, I loved it. I loved it. Those, that's why this is. Oh, wait till you see what I compare this to. This, it is. It's so mm. the trope. 
I love the trope that people don't, some people don't understand. Like, I didn't go to an HBCU, but I've had several friends who did this, who yes. went to an HBCU, yep. and they lose homecoming every year. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, the football team is terrible, but the band is great. So right. like, fuck it. We still go. Like, the band is the fucking, who you're proud of. So, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that was some. I loved that scene though, because it was like, like Lawrence Fishburne specifically in that scene. That nigga was mad. Um, damn! Really, all of the here you go. The, the the intimate scenes, all of the scenes, like the sex scenes, the scenes where like Dap and Rachel were having their um, those like kind of deep talks where it mm. felt so of its time not sure we have deep talks now but like something about them oh i'll tell you this now i'll end with this one mm. when dap went to that girl's dorm and you had uh, the girl <laughs> oh you sorry now and it took his ass <laughs> oh, it's F-R, did it, girl. it was like on his ass drenched this nigga in water like that I wanted that scene to be a little bit longer, not for like the abuse, but like the like that whole scene. Him, yeah. um, Rachel coming down to like save him. The girls talking shit to him like that. I was like, this is so fun. It yeah. was just long enough though. It didn't really need to be longer. But that when you when I saw Bam, who like looks the exact same as she does today, yeah, like that motherfucker looks these. She has not aged. Her hair has turned gray. That's the only thing that's happened. Yeah, I she was so fucking funny. Rachel, I'm sorry, all right? Oh, poor baby. Now you're sorry again. But it's going to cost you this time. If you want to pledge, that's okay, all right? I mean... Oh, but no, see, if I were Rachel, you would be in a doghouse. Yes, but you ain't Rachel, Miss Thing. And speaking of dogs with a face like yours, you should be in a kennel. See, we're not even talking about faces. Because yours is crap. And on the ground. Would you please be quiet? Be quiet? Who's screaming at the top of their lungs in front of my window? And you look too pitiful. Hey, yo, yo, Rachel, look, I wouldn't be standing out here taking this abuse if I didn't care about you, you know? If I didn't care. If I didn't care. Oh, please. Girl, don't believe a word. Honey, he's just lying through his teeth. Girlfriend, listen. He'll say anything to get back in. Hey, you. Get out of here. Shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Wait a minute. Oh, you're sorry now, but you're going to have to beg this time. <laughs> Look, and then he said, he told, her, he told her to shut up or jump at her. She said, oh, I, nigga, I know you did. He said, I know I did. <laughs> oh, my God. Said, don't that... get nasty. <laughs> Yes, yes. That scene was like I know Spike when he wrote that. He was just in like ah, this this the good shit, right? Like I know that had to be one of them scenes that had this nigga on 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 cloud nine because that Don't shit was get funny. nasty. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, you, you at our door barking and uh, asking for forgiveness. Right, <laughs> right, right. Oh yeah. wow, you picked some really good scenes. I think, yeah, we have we, we really only have really one scene in common, which was Gamma Ray singing at the coronation. My mm-hmm. first scene that I, I I like, and I think it's because oh, shit. oh you got another one. Go oh, ahead, damn, go, go, yeah, go. the KFC, the KFC, the parking lot portion of KFC, man. That you're not 
niggas. I was like, so with a with a with a Sam Jackson who's still that, mad to this day. <laughs> that nigga has been forty for the last forty years. He said, "We're that not trash. Has- We're not trash. You know, we're not dirt." <laughs> I loved it. And this a nigga's a Morehouse graduate too. Like <laughs> he got kicked uh, out of Morehouse. Wanna know why? Because the one that would wait, no, what did he damn I, He got kicked out because he locked up he locked the president in his in his yes, in his yes, office. Yes, 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 yes. But but didn't he do what the fuck? He was he 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 was a uh, uh he was like Dap. He um Yes, very much so. He uh yeah. what's the word? He's a he was an activist. activist. He was he was an activist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the reasons. But yeah, they said he, Spike Lee even confirmed it. He said, yeah, like Sam Jackson locked the president in his in his office. <laughs> With like, good reason, I'm sure. Fuck that nigga. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. Shit, if he come out, no, let me stop. <laughs> Some of my favorite scenes. Half Pint asking these women out because he needed to get a freak. And their reactions was so... It's just I've been there before, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was just like, man, that seems very familiar. Sitting down in the girls' dorm, talking about, hey, girl, I've been trying to talk to you for a minute, and it was like, and just their reactions of just like, well, no, and she was just like, I ain't like, and my the last one who was just like, <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, is this a joke? <laughs> Did your big brothers put you up to this? Yeah, I'll break. Right. She said, I would break you in half. I don't have time yeah. for I don't have time for child, children's games, you know. And what got? Oh my god, that scene was so good. And and half pints in here pouring it on so strong, like oh shit, like I just been want to talk to you. Look at this face. You think I was like that? That, mm-hmm. that scene. I love that scene. Um, of course, again the gamma rays singing at the coronation, and mm-hmm. basically the last twenty minutes of this. Mm-hmm. This movie, and I have it split up into different parts. The KFC part. Now, my the KFC run for me kind of starts with the argument in in Dap's mm-hmm. room, okay. and he kicks them all out. And then, and you know, you got home, but you've always, you know, you got friends like this. It's just like you get into it, and then they just like he was like, "What do y'all want?" He was like, "We just want to know if revolutionaries eat KFC." And you know, anytime, anytime y'all get mad and then y'all y'all apologize over some food, just that the whole ride getting there where they were just talking a lot of shit about their moms and shit like that. And then mm-hmm. when they finally get there, the woman who's just like, you want darker white meat and they're out of dark, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and then up until we get to the point to get to the point of um and I've experienced this in college too, where the locals don't like the niggas in college. That's so weird to me. I've they, never experienced that. I mean, but what Sam Jackson said was true. We are students that come into their town, take over their town, and a lot of times, you know, I'm I'm speaking from experience. A lot of times, them local the chicks the the local chicks want to date the niggas at school. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They they want to date them niggas. I want to date the nigga that's going in college. You was talking to this nigga who live here. I know this nigga is here for like a couple semesters. He leaving in the summertime mm-hmm. and I ain't got to deal with him during that time. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just feel mm-hmm. like um, you do get those local people who look at the college students as like trying to mess up our town. Are you messing up what I got going on? Yeah, brother, what do you want? You ain't no kid to me. That's right. And we ain't your brothers. How come you college motherfuckers think y'all run everything? Hey, is there a problem here? Big problems. I heard that. You come to our town year after year and take over. We was born here, gonna be here, and gonna die here, and can't find jobs because of you. 
Yeah. Right. Uh, can, can we go? Okay, can we just we, go? We may not have your education, but we ain't dirt neither. And ain't nobody said all of that, all right? You Mission Park's always talking down to us. Look, brother, I'm real sorry that you feel that way, okay? I'm really sorry about that. Are you black? Take a look in the mirror, man. Look, man, you got a legitimate beef, all right? But it ain't with us, okay? Are you black? Hey, look, man, don't let me question the fact whether I'm black. In fact, I was gonna ask your country, Bama ass, why you got them drip, drip chemicals in your head. Right, <laughs> goddammit. And then come out in public with a shower cap on your head. Like a fucking bitch. Who you calling a bitch, bitch? Well, if the shoe fit. Now, I bet you niggas do think y'all white. College don't mean shit. Y'all niggas. And you gonna be niggas forever. Just like us. Niggas. You're not niggas. And there are some there are some locals who look at you as you being thinking you're better than ever, than everybody. I've had these conversations yeah, with people when I was in college like that. And it's it it sucks because it's just like that ain't me, man. But and then the whole thing about them going back when they were just like, well, is he right? Like, do we act white? Because he in that in that conversation, he said, what color are you? He said, are you black? And and and, you know, <laughs> that was just like, hey, nigga, don't he's like, hey, man, don't be questioning if I'm black. I was going to ask mm-hmm. you the same question. I just feel like that is how that happens in those types of towns. Now, this is um, Mission <clears throat> College. Mission, yeah, Mission College is set in Atlanta. So this is the <laughs> South. And I most definitely feel like they, I think Spike kind of hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, I thought that was very, that part of it. Then I'll split it off with Dap and Julian meet. And he's just like, hey, my cousin is going to cross. You're going to see to it. And mm-hmm. if it's not, then it's it's all good. Like he kind of thinking he was going to punk Julian. And Julian was like, let me tell you something. You know, all this mm-hmm. Africa talk you're talking about. He was like, man, I'm from Detroit from Motown he was like I am head of the Greek council and all this other stuff he was like I'm gonna take care of half paint but after I do that me and you gonna fight bro and I was like mm-hmm. when you see that movie you don't really expect that from Julian for real cause a lot of people look at Julian as like probably the weaker dude or, or like he was gonna you know Shit. but Julian <laughs> Julian was like he was like we gonna fight he said me and you gonna fight mm-hmm. bro you're not finna punk me. You're not finna mm-hmm. punk me. You know what I'm saying? And then it was just mm-hmm. a little bit of a back and forth. And and that was the thing. It's like, you know, I like the fact that that was like, yo, Julian is smart. He just ain't aware. So, uh, how you doing? Just fine, Vaughn. Look, man, um, you're the dean of Fledgies. You're president of the chapter, right? Now, my cousin, tomorrow, he's going to be a gamma man. You're going to see to this, okay? Look, I know you know better than to threaten me. I'm shaking. Hey, look, Julian, man, you're a simple, weak motherfucker, but that's besides the point. Listen, if you fuck half pint, I fuck you. Oh, is that right? Well, let me tell you something. I am a Greek. And I don't play that. Now, I'll deal with half pint, after which you and me are going to come to blows. So what? You want to rock and roll right now, hey, look, I'm here. Julian, forget him. He's not worth it. What's with the bodyguard, man? You talk more shit than a little bit. Back to Mother Africa. That's bullshit. Without question, we are all black Americans. 
You do not know a goddamn thing about Africa. I am from Detroit, Motown. So you can watch your monkey ass back to Africa if you want to. You need to check that along. You know what I'm saying? Not one time did Dap say, yo, this nigga's dumb. He just is like, no, he's very smart. He just needs to wake up. He needs to kind of see what's going on in the world. So I love that interaction between those two. And it was just kind of like the, <laughs> it felt like it was just like the the boss. You This is the cutscene before the boss battle in video games. It's like, <laughs> hey, he's like, hey, I, I like that Julian didn't back down. And I, I thought that was like really, really amazing. Yeah, no. And then he was right, <laughs> Motown. I love it. And um, the final part of that was the step show. I loved other than them capes, <laughs> other than them capes, the G5G when they did their steps, and then the fellas coming through. You know what I'm saying? And and mm-hmm. um, who was the the the? Uh, I can't think of the guy with the glasses name. Um, I don't know if you noticed this or not. Oh, yeah. Because he was the nerdy one. He was out of mm-hmm. step with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. He wasn't really in step with everybody. And I like that they had. I don't know if that was just real or not. And, you know, the fight that happened there. And mm-hmm. I just enjoy it. And if anybody who's been to a step show, I've been to a couple HBCU step shows. And shit like that really does happen. I've seen frats get into it at a step show before over some yard type shit so um just that little run right there man i i love that little run of 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 events that happened and Mm -hmm. what do you think about before we go to the next topic what do you think about the end of this movie like where where um and when i talk about the end i'm talking about where half half pint goes to dap's room I crossed mm-hmm. and and I had sex with Jane and mm-hmm. what do you think about that call, that events and then ending I, it with the wake up stuff? I loved it. I loved it because of the wake up in this. I love that because I I like this idea. Again, it's getting to some shit later, but this is a very surreal, Afro surreal, surrealist mo, uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that everyone ended up in the front yard. And they're looking back into the camera. We've been watching them this whole time, and now they're looking at us. Wake the fuck up, audience. Mm. Um, I like the Jane part only only because I feel like that's Julian's revenge. It's like, oh, you so hell-bent on bullying me into getting your cousin across. I've made him into one of me. Yeah, I've, He's now, he's crossed in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. So you've lost your cousin. You've lost your innocent little cousin. He's now... G5G, he's me. He's mm-hmm. Julian now. Because mm-hmm. um, I foresee him shit, changing. Maybe not completely, but changing to a point now where those letters do change some people. Mm-hmm. And you got those letters and you got that girl. And it was like, yeah, he. I love that part. I didn't like what happened with Jane, but I liked the idea that Julian really fucked over Dap in a way that like you asked for this, yeah. Like you said he gonna cross. He did in his arrogance. God, he was. And what now? So, yeah, I agree, yeah, man. I was with it, was with it yeah. too. I, I think that the whole, f- and then that was the thing that I like too. 
like when when that when he said you did what and he was just like mm-hmm. yeah he said when he said i fucked her like a real gamma man should and mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. what he's he's like i've lost him you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like he was just like don't you he was man come on yeah. lawrence fishburne yeah, you lost come on lost, lawrence nigga. fishburne that nigga back in the day come ah. on lawrence fishburne with your acting ass man i love i love yeah. that's not one of my favorite scenes but I enjoyed that, and I thought that and some people were very confused about that ending. That's why I asked you that mm-hmm. question. Some people didn't oh, really get, didn't really get it, and the whole wake up thing. There's people out there that's just like, I don't get what it, what that means. But I just wanted to make sure we break we broke it down. Um, mm-hmm. Next category on their way up or down: the actor or actress moving in a good or bad direction after the movie. Every goddamn body in this movie. <laughs> God damn. Like everybody, but specifically uh Tisha Campbell, uh Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito, yes. Sorry, sir. Uh Spike, Lawrence Fishburne, like everybody was part of a different world cast. For the most part, with like say for like cause I don't know if Rachel, the actress playing Rachel did many things Kai uh Kai is it I think it's Kai May. I think it was Kai May is her name. Um, she actually just went to TV after this. Oh well, shit, her too then. Shit, shit. Yeah, she only after it's like after this, she was just like, I'm just gonna do a lot of cop shows. <laughs> like that's what her her smart. IMDb, Yeah, that was a smart move because that's syndication. That's several episodes. It's more than just you know. That's a steady check. I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, she was um, she was beautiful, man. Good. So God. everybody, I damn, I can't think of one person who didn't. For me, I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. I know everybody actually had some success after this. Even funny, funny. here's a movie nerd knowledge uh, thing. One of the, um, one of the um, um, big brothers in G5G is Randy Cundiff. Now, if you don't know who Randy Cundiff is, he did a lot of black. He was a very, not super successful black director, but he's mm. like one of, he was one of, he's one of the better black directors that we had. Randy Cundiff, look up his IMDb, man. The guy's actually did some pretty good movies and he's, um, he's directed like a pretty, he's directed and written some really good stuff. But, um, for me, it was only one choice that I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to do. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Mm is probably one of the more under-celebrated big-time actors, black actors that we have. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that... I, I don't think we celebrate him enough, especially, like, what he's doing now with, like, Blackish and and some of the other stuff that he uh, that he does. But, like, he's... He's Morpheus, dog. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? He He's done... I've seen a way more... Range. Yes! Like, Lawrence Fishburne's career shot up and it it really didn't i don't think his star ever fell he just didn't i don't think he really had like that the that one role like i know mm-hmm. for a lot of people it's that like one role for him was morpheus but for me Mm-mm. i needed him to get some more denzel type parts if that made sense mm-hmm. but i yeah. feel like his career went through the freaking roof like i feel like but it was all over the place from the beginning because one people we heard him before this yeah no. So, like, was look it? at that. I think so. I think he so. had a Jerry Curl. He didn't have that. In the well, I think he was in King of New York before this, though. Okay. Like, he was playing, like, kind of like thugs and stuff like that Um, before this. So, I think he... Well, I, mm, 
I'll just say all in all, the way that the range that this nigga has with the roles that he's played is just fucking so interesting to me. Like he has the the chops to do a lot of shit. And then even the comedy, like with Blackish, that's he's very much leaning into com corny or not, no matter how you feel about it, he's still leaning into the comedy mm-hmm. in that show and later in life. You know, yeah. so like Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was playing a lot of a lot of thug roles and bit parts before before this. I mean, he had like a couple of, you know, like he was in um, Nightmare on Elm Street three and and um, this was eighty six. Okay, he was in Pee Wee before, um, in in eighty six. So yeah. before this, damn, the next the next year, this nigga shot the school. <laughs> okay. Oh shit! But yeah, yeah I I had to go with I had to go with with Lawrence or Larry or whichever way he wants to go with it because his career mm-hmm. has been very good since then. And he had some he's had some really good parts. Still playing parts. He he's absolutely John Wick. He's in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Making checks, right? Getting checks, and and even though you know he's part of, he's synonymous with the Matrix for me. Even Yaya's portrayal of him in the new Matrix to me was like. That's like getting your roses mm-hmm. now. Though it's a character he's portraying, like they could have chose anybody. Like yeah. you, you, you get to play Morpheus as Lawrence Fishburne as a, a legacy character of Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, nigga, come on, yeah, come on, yeah. Uh, we don't, we don't celebrate Lawrence. I don't think we celebrate Lawrence Fishburne enough, and I think he is, um, very, very amazing actor. Um, next category. I want that Oscar. Now, this can go two ways. A particular actor or actress is overacting in the movie or a particular actor or actress is acting their ass off. Please only pick one actor or actress. Do you want to go? Do we have the same guy? I know we do. Go ahead. That bald-headed, light-skinned nigga. No. Bald-headed, light-skinned nigga. Which one? The one who was um, past the pussy and a nigga who was getting uh, paddled, (laughs) who was begging for more. That nigga... I understand that they had to be a little bit more over the top, but that nigga wanted all the awards. He wanted the Tony. He uh, he's in damn near every uh, he's in damn near every Spike Lee movie. I gotta get his name because we gotta say the man's name. Yeah, because uh, he oh that that nigga. He is in damn near good. He's in damn mm-hmm. near every Spike Lee movie. Well, uh, that is uh, Roger uh, Smith. Roger Smith okay, is man's man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that nigga. Uh, to me, I'm sorry. He mm-hmm. fuck all that shit. Julian and that was dealing with <laughs> that nigga. He look. He he get all awards. In my book. <laughs> he deserve them all. He he need the egot. What the shit. He he <laughs> need, the <laughs> that nigga was. He was singing. He was acting. He gave you drama. He gave you vocal range, even when he's yelling and screaming. Yeah, he. So you're saying he was overacting? In the best ways possible. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. My when that nigga got paddled, ah, uh, I was like, "Is this my new kink?" <laughs> I'm, I'm only 13. Stop bringing this to my. No, but yeah, that nigga. Yeah, he did that. For me, the actor by the name of Leonard L. Thomas. He was Big Brother General George Patton, the man who was doing the paddling. 
Let me tell you, when I hate, when I tell you I want to fight this dude, I want to fight this guy. His whole fucking demeanor is like, oh, you, Patton, you got to be good. You understand? He was like, mm, I, I want to kick some ass and all that. I, and then when they was trying to cross the burning sands and he was just like, you see this? And then all this stuff, and he was getting in folks. I was like, man, please put me in this movie so I can fight him. I could not stand that character. Everything from mm-hmm. the very first time that they you you meet him, he ain't shit. I could not oh. stand. Man, I wanted to fight. He's such a ah. Oh, I don't know if this is. <laughs> I don't know if this award is good or bad. Like I don't know if I'm giving him the good or bad side of this award. But all I know was, good? all I know was, he was making me mad. He mm-hmm. he pissed me off. Even when he was, pe- what is this? Pull your sweats down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paddle y'all. He was just a yeah. And he was making that hey, 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 hey. That shit. They was doing that shit. <laughs> man, I couldn't stand that dude. Man, I could. He you mad. Big brother, General George Patton. I was like, man, put me in the movie, coach, because I gotta whoop this dude's ass. I could not stand him, and his part wasn't that big, but he annoyed the shit out of me. He so pissed he me off. So I guess he, I guess he can't get the good side of this award. I think he was acting yeah. his ass off. I, I wanted to fight him, dog. I wanted to fight him. Got you mad. Got caught. I couldn't stand that dude. That's why Dev quit. He was like, "Nah, nigga, I can't stand." And he thought it was tough. I'm like, "Dude, you're not tough, bro. You're not tough. Mm-hmm. You're not a tough guy." See? Get out of here. See? So yeah, Leonard L. Thomas, you got to ask with me coming. If I see you somewhere, <laughs> I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you a damn fool. I'm whooping yeah. his ass. If I see him, I'm like, hey, General, uh, like Big Brother General George Patton. Yeah, that's me. Ah, <laughs> I'm going upside ah, his head. Check, nigga. I'm going upside his head. I was like, that's for oh. Dap. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? All right, nigga. Ain't nobody. We didn't pick no main character. (laughs) Get these fucking side niggas. (laughs) Oh shit! That's what made me feel. All right, so a new category that I've added to the questions: What was the moral of the story, and did the director get the point across? Rain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's the dangers of compromising yourself. Mm. That's what it is. And and, but to add to that, also um, once you do. Now it's dealing with it's it's specifically dealing with the fallout from that, mm. um, because everybody really changed. Everybody changed. Um, well, for the most part, everybody changed. I think mm. Rachel kind of stayed the same, but like half pint going from this ambitious, I want to be G five G to like crossing the burning sands quite literally, well, not mm. literally, but in a way that you are truly the phoenix you have burned away your old self you are now an entirely different person mm. um same with jane consequences of your actions being um so enamored with and loyal to someone who seems like they should have your back and should have mm. but have now offered you up as a fucking sacrifice yeah um Damn. julian doing the same thing because regardless to what you say about julian to me he was consistent and up until that point, I saw him as a little bit more honorable because for me, they were like, that's the power couple. That's Jay and Beyonce. That's the niggas you need to be like. And for him to flip it at the last hour, like, no, I'm with this other one of her homegirls, not even just some other that chick. Was, that had to have been Jasmine Guy. I was like, that's Jasmine Guy, her best friend. 
I I was I was so I think everybody and then even Dap like he may not have changed, but seeing the transformation of all these other people around him, specifically his cousin, mm-hmm. he's now he's different too. It's yeah. like I, I I honestly think it is you know just shit. Don't compromise yourself. Yeah. And if you do, dealing with that the repercussions of that, mm-hmm. even if it's not because I can. I can still suffer from you, Cole, compromising yourself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's say, you know, heaven forbid you get locked up. Well, that affects this recording schedule. Right. You know, like that. So it's like, even if I'm not directly the person who is going through the transformation, the people who are in my proximity going through this compromising situations and coming out a different person on the other end, mm-hmm. that's also something. You know, who's to say when now when you get out, you say, fuck podcasting. I just want to working nine to five right you know what i'm saying so that and i think he did a damn good job of getting that across right so we we're both on the same page with this because my thing was no one is ever the same at the end of the journey so and especially Mm -hmm. understanding that like knowing what i know now which is this is spike lee's whole college experience crammed Mm -hmm. into a a homecoming weekend my whole Mm -hmm. thing was no one ever stays the same um and you know kind of like going going with what you were saying people changed like everybody was at the end of this very even though dap was like yo we need to wake up and i took that as hey man we need to kind of learn how to figure things out together but everybody mm-hmm. changed like yeah like everybody changed around I'm like nobody came out of this weekend this, this is homecoming weekend and nobody like by the time we get to sunday nobody's the same person mm-hmm. nobody is the same at all like you mm-hmm. like half pint is an asshole now he is a piece of shit like then no. jane like jane is scarred because she has to go through a breakup and she had to go through humil- being humiliated by sleeping with one of the um big brothers you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. Um, Julian is more of the villain now because he's sleeping with her best friend, and he got his, he exacted his revenge on um, on Dap. Yeah. Like all mm-hmm. the main characters came out of this, except for Dap. I don't think. Well, no, I think Dap didn't really get. Well, I guess he did because of what happened with his cousin. I was mm-hmm. gonna lay. He came out without a scratch, but that's <clears throat> that's wrong. Like his cousin that he once knew is not the same cousin that he knew. Um, I mean, but also he lost the fight, you know, like with his friends, like they said, you know, I'm the first one in my family to go to college. We're having the run in with the, with the president and with the niggas at KFC, like you having the, all these little interactions, I think it's like, you are activist heavy nigga, but like the world don't revolve around you. Right. And so, and that whole confrontation at, at um at KFC kind of threw some reality back in his face too because he mm-hmm. he's the super activist guy on campus but in the real world they don't look at you like that they don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. on campus we we live in the real world we work these hard mm-hmm. jobs and all this other stuff and you send him here talking about some deep uh, uh divesting in South Africa and apartheid and all this other stuff brother we just trying to get a paycheck and you send him here trying mm-hmm. to change the world we don't know nothing about that so to us you are the you're the wannabe Mhm. Yeah. Turned him on his head. Yeah. So, yeah. and I'm most. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
80s ass lines in the fucking haircut, nigga. Don't be. I see you, nigga. Real quick, Ooh. side note. What side the fuck note. was Sam Jackson doing with that hat on top of all that big ass afro? Like, what the, that hat was small as hell. That lended itself to the to the real. He that he was being real, nigga. He was being real. I said, nigga you, got this, you got this, this big ass. Had, had. You got this big ass afro, nigga. This small ass kids head on your. And Sam got a big ass head. Sam <laughs> right. ain't got no little head. <laughs> like his actual head is big as fuck too. So, uh, I said, oh, I said look at this head. little ass hat. <laughs> hey. They just needed something. You know, wardrobe budget wasn't that big. He said, just get a hat, nigga. Pull off the table. I'm pretty sure that came out of Sam's wardrobe. That came out of his closet. <laughs> Sam was like, I got a hat. <laughs> Yo, I wonder if he was filming something else around this time. No. Nah. Oh, okay. Hell no. Nah. Sam Jackson was like, man, let me let me get on. Spike was like, come on, Sam. Sam was like, man, fuck that. Martin was like, hey. He said, "He said you a nigga, <laughs> and that's all you gonna ever be." <laughs> like, damn, that is not funny, bro. That is terrible. I'm just saying it, he did it in the mm-hmm. Sam Jackson way, which is <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Them looks, man. He that nigga funny. Sam Jackson that nigga is funny. <laughs> I wish MCU would let him cuss more. I wish he would, because I would want him to look at Captain Marvel like that, like bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we got to say this goddamn word <laughs> like it, yeah. Oh, 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 Sam Jackson, man, he gonna forever be the MVP, dog. <laughs> that nigga's funny as shit. He gonna forever be the MVP. Um, next, next category. Could this be made in twenty twenty two? Could this show, uh, uh, could this be a show and or movie in twenty twenty two? If so, what streaming service and how many episodes is it going to be? Um, PBS. No. <laughs> the story no, of the, yeah. black, the story of the black colleges <laughs> oh, <laughs> narrated shit. by Sam no, Jackson right <laughs> like these things the motherfuckers stepping no I just uh, I think it could be made today <clears throat> um because hell it is we got fucking uh, all American homecoming we got um what's that shit have you seen Grownish Burning Sands movie oh yeah Grownish yeah them two but no, no, I think that it would be nice to have this show in 2022 and be a direct extension or sequel to the original. Mm, see what's I happening at Mission College now, since Atlanta's no, so no, no, big no. now. No, no, no. I still want it in 88. Oh, like, shit. Give me, yeah, I would say put it on HBO, give me 1988, and give me... The exact Monday after Homecoming, start from there and like shake shit up so that and and do it in a way that if you've never seen um, School Days, you're not going to you're still going to enjoy the story. But I would love it to be set that Monday after and never use one or two things. I would love to see the actors who would be cast to recreate some of those scenes in school days. But I also like the idea that you use the original footage mm-hmm. and be, because it's old, it's already grainy and shit mm-hmm. using that in the flashback, because I, what I would love is to use it as an anthology series. Do like, I liken it to Bel Air meets Atlanta meets black mirror. 
So you are taking 13 episodes, HBO Max, and we are following from that Monday to that next Sunday. And we are following everyone except for the main cast. Because I want you to, I want the main cast to have a story, but you get that story through these random people. Mm-hmm. That way you can cast these lookalikes to Jane and um, Dap and them, but you can have them far enough removed that they are, I don't know, kind of maybe sort of like, not godly, but they're, they're, they're removed. Mm-hmm. So you get a band geek, you get a, um, a girl who's a Delta, um, you get, I don't know, motherfucking uh, Sam Jackson's character. You get someone like him and you the follow them through these weird and wacky Atlanta type situations, but we don't follow one person. Like every episode is somebody new, somebody different, but you still get, oh girl, remember, um, I don't know, the gamma rays, blah, blah, whatever. Oh, just be like, I heard, did you hear, did you hear what happened to Jane? Like I heard like, I heard that like Julian put Jane in like a situation. For her own girl. And when you're telling that, instead of having the person actually tell the story, that's when you cut to that flashback from the original series mm-hmm. and the, and you make it all full circle so you can see or explore in the second season then you explore those relationships of the main characters like you said having dap and julian be friends when they first got to college and how that riff happened mm-hmm. so i would i would want something very atlanta-esque like i want that shit where there's just a regular world with an invisible fucking car with was it Teddy? Rock? You can't do that like, in '88, oh, bro. You can't do that no, kind of shit in '88. No, you not beat for beat exactly like Atlanta, but you can do some Afro surrealism in '88 because hell, you had the Riri's fucking salon number. Yeah, you like th- you. It already has itself set up. So, and even if we go back to the homecoming game, the very fact that we never saw the players make that a running gag. Oh, that would be so, so cool. My boyfriend is a football player, but you never see this nigga. Never. He the starting like, quarterback, the, yeah. But you, but he's he's always spoken. I'm like, oh yeah, girl, I saw Kevin, and he was looking good down there. And the whole fucking season, we referencing Kevin, but we never see this nigga. We never see football players. We maybe only see them. I said we don't see them at all. Like, there's a way to exaggerate a lot of stuff that I think Atlanta has shown it's possible to do mm-hmm. and do it. In this urban way, from the black experience with this Afro surrealism, and and push that forward. That's why I, I say Black Mirror meets Atlanta meets the Bel Air. I think that would be a perfect. Ah, yeah, I think it would be perfect. Yeah, I just, I love it. I love this idea. So my whole thing was, I would actually instead of seeing a show, I would much rather do a movie. Um, Because we don't get a lot of black college movies now. So Mm. I would want it to be Mission College in what what does Mission College in 2022 in Atlanta look like now? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those did those traditions hold up? Um, How are things? How do you protest now with the Black Lives Matter? You know, we had the apartheid stuff in 88. Now Mm -hmm. we got the black lives like cop cop cops killing um, black people mm-hmm. and and all of the things that's going on on top of the sensationalism of Atlanta. Like now, you know, when you look at Atlanta back in 88, what they were portraying, it was just a country place where, you know, we mad at the locals. Now, you know, in 2022, we have influencers. We have people who are trying to get on through Bitcoin. Um, we have all of these different uh, on top of movies being um, filmed there 
on top of you know just mm-hmm. a lot of different things that that's changed in Atlanta now than than it was in '88. I want to mm-hmm. see what Mission College looks like now. I want to see what these students have um, to protest now. I want to see how the fraternities and the sororities are acting now. I want to have mm-hmm. someone. I really do want to still have the DAP and Julian dynamic, but set in today's world. What does that look like? What does a protesting um, black man on campus look like compared to someone who is most definitely about his fraternity, who are, is looking to be more of an influencer uh, in today's world? You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that look like now? What What are the traditions in, at Mission College now? Because this is supposed to be one of those historical black uh, black colleges that um, uh, that prides itself on its history. What does that look like now? What do what do the gamma rays look like now? What does mm-hmm. um a pro, what what does homecoming look like? And keep the gag. I would love for them to keep the whole gag. I never want to see the football team play either. I just want them to mm-hmm. suck. <laughs> you yep, know what I'm saying? And maybe have a couple references to um to Dap and to Julian. Like still have like G5G still there. Um, mm-hmm. talk about some of the things that. Maybe we um we find out that maybe Julian got changed. I mean, uh, that Dap got changed on campus. You get what I'm saying? Like he stood for this, and I heard that like you know like stuff like that, man. Like I want to see what Mission College does now. I don't think a show would do it. I don't think a show would do it. I don't think it they could do a show that way. I, mm. I feel like if they do it as a as a two hour movie, hell, bring Spike Lee back. Let mm. him direct it. You know what I'm saying? Let him. Kind of, he still kind of understands what's going on, and let's just see what black. And on top of um, the whole thing with um, here recently, HBCUs getting money from the you know, like now it's just like, hey, we're gonna make sure that we devote fifty million dollars. We 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 have a fund. We're gonna give out money to the HBCUs. What does that situation look like? How are we mm-hmm. how are we reacting to those things? What is that changing in HBCUs now? I, I feel like a movie, a two-hour movie, can can handle that. I think we just, I think we just, more like a remake, reboot it? type shit. So what? I said, how do you end it when you end the first one? With wake up. Same thing. Oh, wake up. Mm, okay. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are, like I said, with that being an activist or someone adapt type character being an activist now. Man, people are way more woke now than anything. Is he super mm-hmm. woke? Is he one of them good morning queen type dudes? Is he, you know what I'm saying? Is <laughs> Grand he, Rising Yeah, queen. Grand Rising Queen and all that other shit. Is that the type of woke dude he Yo. is? Is he fake woke? Because there's a lot of fake woke. You know, what is what does that look like now? So I would most definitely want it. I don't want it beat for beat, but I just want it very updated. And I want it to be about Mission College, like what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Next category. Change two actors to make the movie better. Take two characters and change the actors slash actresses and who would play them and how do you feel that would make the movie better? Let me go first and just say the casting was perfect. I wouldn't change shit. I can't change it. I couldn't find anything. I can't see anybody else being these characters. So I just said mm. the casting was perfect. I can't change anybody. Shit, I can't. I got whole <laughs> niggas that's gonna get cut. Oh, no, shit. I feel the same way. <laughs> but honestly, I um, there's one change I would make. I wouldn't want to, 
but it would be making Julian. I would change him out for Prince. I feel like that goes back to having hmm. a choice that is um, that the real world or their previous works affect the way that the character is viewed. I think having Prince, who was like, I think 29, 28, 29 at the time, play the Julian character and have a Jane, it's already in your head that he has his Apollonias and his Carmen Electra's. Like, that mm-hmm. idea is already there. Mm-hmm. So to translate that to now this more... Because uh, ain't he from... He's from Minneapolis. From, He's from Minneapolis, I Minnesota. Think he was from in, I think he was from Indiana. No. Okay. But either way... That's Michael Jackson, that, brother. Yeah, you're right. That Midwestern space and i think that prince would have been able to pull it off and i like the idea of even if he was like beat for beat a julian in aesthetic and it wasn't like the prince of it all i still think he would have been able to carry that role mm. it, now, i don't think it would have been the same movie just like with the vanessa williams but i just think if we're just fan casting and changing shit up for the hell of it i think that would be an interesting choice and he's like a small man let me offer so something like, let me offer something real ahead. quick um not 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 beating down your casting, but I just feel like he ain't him and Lawrence Fishburne in the same scene wouldn't work. If Lawrence would eat him up. Lawrence Fishburne would destroy him in a scene. But I feel where you're coming from, the, the spirit mm-hmm. of it. But oh, shit, like this nigga, this nigga hit me with the bless your heart. <laughs> this nigga. No, but I mean, I'm with you. I wouldn't want to change anyone. But when I sat with it and I was like, okay, if we're just going extreme, like to make shit different, that's where I think I would go. Because I, I agree. I think Lawrence would, would eat him the fuck up in every scene. Every scene. But it, I still think that would be an interesting, like to see Jane and Prince, like them two niggas, like I, I just something about this idea of like he having him having these muses, these women that he completely alters himself, change your fucking name, doing what Kanye I guess trying to do, like him doing that is like that that gives different context to the Jane half pint sex scene to me. Yeah, if, if Prince had been Julian, but I'm with you. I think it was perfect casting. And I do. to be honest with you. Because this is a movie a lot of people haven't seen. He, could, I, I'm not saying he couldn't pull it off. If anybody's mm-hmm. ever seen Under the Cherry Moon, um, where Prince plays a a gigolo in Paris that was from Miami, have you ever seen that movie? No, I think no. it's still on Tubi. Um, More probably. It's oh, I've seen clips. It's one of it's one of my favorite. The Recosto scene. I'm like, yeah, he could pull Julian off. The record store? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, well, you don't know what I'm talking about because you didn't seen the movie, but... I've seen that scene. That is, now that you say that... I love that yeah. movie, and I don't... People don't like it. I love it, and it, the end of it makes me cry every time. So, oh, man. it does. It really does. I I own that I movie. Shit now, <laughs> but um, I can see where you're coming from with that. I, I can most definitely mm-hmm. see where you I love that movie. Yeah. God, we, we might have to do We Watch This Under the Cherry Moon. And you will love if you ever if you ever watch it. I guarantee you, you'll love it too. You'll love it. Too. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was a fan of Prince. You'll love that movie. Um, did you have anybody else that you wanted to recast? No, and I didn't want to recast him. That was mm. just some fan fan casting. So no, I got you. Perfectly cast. And for the final category of 
the podcast. Cole, not Cole, Rain Coleman. Yes. Who yes, won the movie? The nigga that was like, pass. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, I think Julian won. Julian won the movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Julian was able to be top dog, nigga, head, head nigga in charge, run folks, whether they just catered to him or he was, you know, slight bullying them. He was the nigga you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. He had Jane. He had prestige. And he had it in a way that Dap could have had. And that reality check he got at KFC is not a scene I think you would have gotten with Julian because mm. he knew here is my kingdom and this is where I rule. Mm. He also got, um, as we stated, got Half Pint to morph into him. Mm-hmm. He got had Jane roll those coattails of that relationship and threw her away and got a new girl. Her he friend. also, to me, benefits from the end of the movie Still, after all the shitty stuff he's done, Mm -hmm. ending up as the co-focal point on the wake-up scene. Like, there's nothing in this movie, there's no point in time in which Julian was not on top. There's no point in time where he did not, where he was not winning. Mm -hmm. Julian is the one who got out of this unscathed. Mm. Because even if you want to say, well, he realized the error of his ways, by whatever, that's why he's with uh, Dap at the end, and they're both coming to it. Sure. But he still did all that shit and was not cussed out, one penalized. If the biggest issue you have is cussing back and forth at Dap, we, everybody can do that. Yeah. Like, so I, to me, Julian won. Yeah. That nigga came out on top. Mm. That's good. That's good. Um, mine might be a little cliche, but I'm gonna preference why I picked this person. Um, I picked Spike Lee. Yeah, I picked Spike Lee, and the reason why I picked Spike Lee is because of everything he, he black the colleges that he that he was trying to represent HBCUs, and the pushback that he got getting kicked off of campuses because of what the portrayal might be, and the pushback that this president this president of Morehouse says the guy you cast as a as the president of Mission College looks like a jigaboo. I mean, looks like a um sambo. a sambo. Um, you know, him not being able to film at the college that he went to, him being dropped from Island Pictures and somebody having to pick him up and have to give him an increase in his budget. Just the things that he had to go and this is his second movie. He mm-hmm. wrote, produced and um directed this movie. Mm-hmm. And the trials and tribulations he had to, to to go through to represent HBCUs and the pushback from his own people, yeah, I have to give him the winner of this movie because he went through a lot just to get this movie made. He, he didn't even he did he made the budget back. He didn't even get it past ten, number ten in the box office. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he still mm-hmm. went on to have a very good career as a director. But like, damn, mm-hmm. bro, like one of the things and the reason one of the reasons why I most definitely wanted to do a John Singleton, the celebration of John Singleton and Spike Lee is because what they had to go through in Hollywood to be able to get their mm-hmm. movies made. And and a lot of times we may think it's the white people of Hollywood that will keep you down. But this is a clear example of him having to go against his own people who did not want this movie made or didn't want to 
help in this movie being made and ended up being a, mm-hmm. a cult classic, which inspired a lot of people to go to HBCUs. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like he had to fight against mm-hmm. people from this elk of of things. Yeah. And and he inspired several generations. One thing that he said in in the interview that he had was he had an interview with Atlanta something journal. I can't remember the name, but mm-hmm. um he said there's not a year that doesn't go by where he talks to someone who has seen school days to this day. This uh, interview was in 2020. It was in 2020. No, 2020, 2019. I think it was 2019 mm-hmm. where he said, there's not a, a year that, that doesn't go by where I don't get a group of black kids who has seen school days and say, yo, you inspired me to go to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. And you can't beat that. And then just to understand what the story is about what he had to go through, and still this mm-hmm. movie is still inspiring people to this. This movie aged very well, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. There's not a lot of like derogatory language. Like I'm sure there's probably some things, but it's not like every other page was like, oh, them fat bitches and them faggot niggas and them. Like it's not that type of like this was a yeah. This was a very good movie. Yeah. I mean, I just, it was easy for me to give a character one, but I had to give it to Spike because of the things that he had to go to to get this made. And this being his second movie. I had to. All right, John. All right, John. Just know every time every time we do a movie, it's gonna be it was Spike. It no, was it's John, not gonna be this nigga. Like, oh, I just they went through so much, nigga. It's episode twelve. We know. <laughs> Yo, shit. All right, get ready for. I'll give you a character. Cole going just know I'm gonna give you. A character. I'm gonna give you a character in the movies that are coming up. I just had to do this because of of what I found out and what he had to go through. <laughs> I'm not gonna do this every episode, and this nigga. <laughs> I can't stand you. I can't stand Those you. Those niggas went through so much, man. Like, all right, you said that last week, nigga. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> cool. I can't stand <laughs> you. Rain, tell everybody yeah. where they can get in touch with you and where they can find you. Like, I don't even know. No, check me out on your local HBCU campus. No, uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, Carefree Blurred, Rain Coleman, one of them. Um, hit me up on Instagram, uh, Carefree Black Nerd, and yeah, you know I talk nerd shit. You know, I'm getting your ass about some some nerd stuff. So follow me and and listen to my rants and stuff. And um, shit, uh, BYNK Radio. You know, check them out, and you'll you'll catch me on there. I'll be there you go. Um, please, guys, please. If you're listening to this podcast, we want this to grow. So please follow us at We Watch This on Twitter and um, make sure if you guys are listening, please use the hashtag WWTPI um, and make sure you put a hashtag of what movie, shut up, what movie we're talking about <laughs> mm-hmm. and give us your opinion about what you think about what we're talking about as far as this specific movie. And if you want to follow me, it's at ColeJackson12 on Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at ColeJackson underscore BYNK. We really appreciate you guys. We've appreciated the support we've had for the last two seasons of We Watch This. I think it's been very good. Um, this season is going to be, I, I'm, I can't wait for us to, to, shut up, man. I can't wait for us to get into what we're going to talk with these movies, celebrating two very awesome black directors. I hate you, man. What, what are you no. laughing at? You got it, man. You got it. Come on. Yes. <laughs>
very passionate. I, you can catch Rain laughing at me the whole season too. By the way, um, I think I'm chilling. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited for what we have coming for the celebration of Spike Lee and John Singleton. Thank you guys so much for the support for the last two seasons that we've had. Um, this is going to be a very exciting season, so we really appreciate you guys listening. Rain, do you have anything else you want to say? Because you're getting on my nerves. Bro, I don't even know, nigga. I'm, shit, niggas go nig. And um, make sure to, uh, shit, use the hashtag. Follow us. Give us some some comments. Talk your shit. If you disagree, especially if you disagree, talk some shit, too. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Nigga. And who was your favorite? Who you think won the movie? Was it Spike Lee or was it? <laughs> I I can't stand you. Guys, we will catch you next week. Take care. <laughs>